the best tool is the one that you are confident in and that gets the job done. So I guess that's why I don't feel too bad about not being that first one to like leap onto trying new tools. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And my name is Femke. And today in this episode, we're going to talk about trying new design tools. I feel like there are so many tools that are always coming out or being updated and there's just so many changes to the space that sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming. I don't know about you, Charlie, but sometimes I feel like there's so many new tools coming out and it can be really hard to decide which ones to try, which ones not to try. Is it worth the effort? How difficult is it going to be? How can I best learn this while still being productive in my work? So, you know, it's it, it can be really hard as a designer. I feel like we kind of have this desire to stay up to date and know about the latest trends and the latest tools, but it can also be quite a time investment to learn these. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before we get into this episode, let's have a little catch up. How are things going with you? How is your font going? I listened to last week's episode and remembered that you mentioned about your font. And so I was going to be mean and remind you about it today. Thank you, Fan. That's very kind of you. You're welcome. Now I want you to not ask me about it again for at least another three months. Okay, sure. It, it won't be until then that I actually work on it. <laughs> Things are going good in everything else, though, I want to say. I'm making May because it's the first of May that we're recording this episode. Um, May's focus, if we hark back to the monthly focus thing, is getting my conference talk completed. Like, I want to end May with it all mapped out. I want to know exactly what I'm saying I want to ideally have my slides done so that then all I need to do is practice essentially and I've got the whole of June to you know prep for it which will be good so that's the focus and dive in with some cue carding you know writing out all the ideas and arranging them on the floor might end up doing a blog post about how I approach this later on but yeah that's the focus for the month everything else is going good too though just doing life we had our Kickstarter that we're running at ConvertKit got funded. Oh, congrats. It reached its goal. I'm so excited because it felt a bit touch and go there for a minute, but things came through at the end and there's some other like very exciting, like bigger corporate sponsorships that might be happening that I can't say anything more than that, I think. But, but yeah, it's gone really well and it's been fun to see the whole team promoting it. In case anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, but because I realize that not everyone might follow my tweets where I've tweeted about it like a million times. But we, we ran a Kickstarter for this project called I Am A Blogger, which is 17 stories that feature like the lives and about the businesses of 17 creators. So it's how they started, how they earn money and, you know, what they learned along the way. It's going to be a book and also a video documentary series. So really excited to have that funded and know that the project is well and truly underway. That's so cool. Congrats that it got funded. I'm sure your whole team was super ecstatic that it, that it went through. Yeah, yeah. We were pretty thrilled. <laughs> awesome. How about you? How's your week been? Uh, I don't really have that many updates on side projects, actually. But something that I am thinking about prioritizing a little bit over the next few months is my health. That's good to prioritize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not really about side projects, but I feel like it. it's kind of equally as important, if not maybe more. So for those who don't know, I do yoga regularly. I go two, sometimes three times a week if I can squeeze it in, but I lack any form of cardio in my routine. Right. (laughs) 
apart from all the cycling you do. I do. Yes, that's that's true. I do cycle probably at least one hour a day, but it's mostly flat. So it's it's like borderline exercise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really have been wanting to introduce some cardio into my health routine because yoga is great in that it helps me build strength and it also gives me clarity and things like that and it's like something that you can progress at over time which I enjoy but I lack a bit of you know getting my heart rate up and and being active and so I'm thinking about trying running which I'm kind of scared about uh, but also maybe excited about I don't know I I'm trying to find something that will like that I can listen to and will sort of tell me what to do and I've heard that Nike Fit apparently has a really good app where it like you have like this personal trainer and they like talk in your ear and like tell you like okay okay now speed up and go faster sprint sprint and I feel like for me that would be helpful because otherwise I have no idea what to do when running like I would just run like Forrest Gump style run you know I I don't really know the techniques so that's something I'm thinking about doing and trying to introduce in my routine which means I'll have to find time for it I'm thinking about doing it in the morning so yeah just kind of trying to decide what I'm going to prioritize for over the next few months and how I might potentially fit some more health and exercise things in my routine do you know what another good app is is couch to 5k oh basically really eases you in to running and at the end of it, you're able to run 5K nonstop, essentially, like over time. That's pretty awesome. I can't remember if it talks to you or if it's just, I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I did it. And I probably need to do it again, to be honest, because I cannot run very far <laughs> all these days. But yeah, it like starts you off with like one minute of running and then walking, you know. Mm, right. It's really good. Very, very eases you in very yeah, gently. For sure. <laughs> that might be what I need. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's a new month. Like you said, I haven't thought about a monthly focus, um, but maybe getting into running is your focus. Maybe getting into running is my focus. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So at the end of this month, I'm going to have my talk done and you're going to have run. Yeah. At, <laughs> like, at least once. <laughs> yeah, at least once. Or I would say I want you to have it introduced into your routine. Okay. Like, you're going once a week or something like that. Okay, I will try. Sorry, this was a somewhat boring update and not about side projects, but yeah, well, let's see how I go. You know what? Health is important to side projects as well. <laughs> I think we've talked about that in past episodes. Yes. And we often forget it ourselves. That's very true. Okay, health aside, let's talk about design tools because it's kind of a little bit more exciting. How do you feel about all the tools coming out? Maybe let's start there because I think we can't deny that there's a lot of tools coming out all the time. Do you feel like it's a hindrance to designers? Like it's just creating this overwhelming, I don't know, workflow or feeling like you have to try everything? Or do you think it's kind of good for our industry and good that things are changing and new things are coming out? Okay, so I think that my answer is both of those things. Okay, fair. And I might have said this before, and we've done episodes about design software, and I've talked about the fact that I'm a bit of a Luddite when it comes to trying new design tools. It took me a long time to even try sketch and I only did it basically because I was forced to and I wanted to use some mm-hmm. assets that a colleague was using so I had to use the program that he was using to be able to you know effectively grab them from him I do not try new design tools when they first come on the market I would love to be that person but I I just I don't know I don't make the time for it and I really like for other people to try it first and let me know if it's worth my time you know so uh, that's probably terrible because I'm a design youtuber and I'm probably meant to be one of the people who is trying things and sharing my opinion on them 
But, you know, I, I find learning a new thing, that slowdown you get when you're, you know, doing something new, really frustrating. I hate not knowing how to do something. I hate not knowing how to use something. And so I guess I am reluctant to try new tools because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, because of the, like, barrier, I guess. Yeah, the learning curve. The learning That's curve. For. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I, I don't know. I like to try new tools, but only if I have a need for it. So sometimes a tool will come out that is specific to a particular part of the workflow or something. Uh, So for example, there was a recent tool that came out, I think it's called Overflow, and it basically allows you to create user flows. And I was like, cool, this is perfect. This is something that I have needed in past projects. And so I downloaded it, I got access to it, but right now I, I'm not in that part of, of the design process for my current projects. I don't need to create flows right now. And so I kind of opened it and then I was like, hmm, I don't really know what to do here because I don't need to create any flows. So I'm kind of now saving it for when I am in that part of my workflow that I can pull it out and give it a go then. Uh, and I think the same with tools like Envision Studio. I know a lot of people have been getting access to that lately and I just haven't really had a need or a reason to try it yet like I don't have a gap in my workflow or I don't feel like there is a part in the process that it would best apply to that I need to try it out so I just haven't haven't done it yet I feel like I'm more the person where I will more enthusiastically try a new tool if there is a particular pain point that I'm experiencing that I'm like, okay, I need a better way for this. So I'm either going to go and find it or coincidentally a tool comes out that fixes it and then I'll give it a good go. That makes sense. And I think I I believe that too, but I'm also like every time that pops into my brain, I'm reminded of the fact that I used to be absolutely fine designing websites in Photoshop. I thought, I don't need to change. Like, what are you talking about? This is fine. And then when I learned Sketch, I was like, oh, so this is how great web design can be, you know, and it really suited me and it suited my workflow. And I was really happy that I put that time in. So I'm always wondering, I'm like, could this be the next like thing? Like, are there problems that I'm having in Sketch that I just don't realize yet? Uh, And I think Figma is the thing right now that I think could be that for me. Um, I'm really interested in diving more into that. Our new designer at work, Bruno, is a Figma user. And yeah, just seeing some of the ways that it keeps assets updated. And yeah, I think that that's going to be the thing that I have to dive in and give a proper try to, you know, that that's going to be my next design tool. Do you have one like that that you're like, well, I guess you just said your overflow thing is the one that you're thinking of diving into next. Yeah. So overflow, I kind of have in my back pocket. I'm sort of ready to pull that out when I need to, but I don't need to right now. Uh, Figma I've been using already, uh, but on and off, I keep jumping between Figma and Sketch, which is not ideal, obviously. (laughs) Uh, So I really want to just pick one and go forward with it. And at this stage, it's probably going to be Figma. Uh, I'm kind of in the like wrapping up dev handoff stage of a project. So once it's done which is hopefully soon then when I start my new project I'll I'll start it in Figma but in terms of what else is there I don't think so I think there's a few like prototyping tools that I kind of have they're not priority or top on my list to try but they're kind of in my mind like yeah one day I should give that a go and see how that works but some of them in like require such a time investment, uh, like Framer, for example, it's a huge time investment, huge learning curve. You have to learn a bit about code and things like that, that I just don't know if that's practical for me right now and when I'm going to be able to do that. 
Yeah, I, about prototyping tools, I, I don't know. I don't see where they fit into my workflow because I think they're kind of for if you need to mock up how something's going to animate or whatever, or how it works together, to then hand to a developer to build. But I'm the one who has to build the things, right, that I'm designing. So prototyping just seems like an extra unnecessary step. I guess when I should be using it is when there's a particular interaction I want and I'm not sure how to achieve it. I could like mock it up and then that'd be useful for getting advice from other people on how to do this specific thing rather than trying to explain it with like hand movements, you know. But yeah, prototyping isn't something that's really fit into my process. So I I don't particularly feel guilty about not trying all the prototyping type stuff. Although it, sometimes I do feel like it makes me a lesser designer because of it. I, I don't think that's valid though, but it just, yeah, it's just what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. There's all this pressure, right? And all this hype that you feel like you need to introduce it in your workflow. But I, I feel like I've in the past seen people use prototyping tools more as a feedback mechanism, you know, like I see a lot of people use Envision that way where it's not really about the animations or so, but it's more about like how everything kind of fits together and getting feedback on it in the form of commenting and things like that. But I think Figma actually kind of fixes that in a better way because now that you can sort of collaborate and leave comments in Figma files directly, you don't need, like if you were using Sketch before, you don't need to put your designs in another place to get feedback on it. Uh, So Figma kind of fixes that. In terms of prototyping, I use prototyping mostly for two things, either for user testing, you know, if we want to create a prototype so users can test it. Uh, And then secondly, what you mentioned is kind of fine tuning the transitions and how things are going to animate. And this is so useful for developers. Uh, I actually just spent like the last week basically fine tuning a flow, a particular flow and how the screens transition between one another. And I worked it through with the developers and it was so useful to have it in a prototype form because before then we were like talking about it and we were like, yeah, this would like slide right to left. And we were like drawing arrows and it just, it was just a bit hard for everyone to get. So doing it in a prototype really helped. But again, there's so many new prototyping tools. Which one did you use? I used Atomic. Uh, Okay, yeah, of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's just really easy and I know how to use it and I can do it really quickly. So it worked perfectly. When I've done user tests, I mostly do those in Envision currently. Yeah, makes sense. Well, that's the thing, right, is the best tool is the one that you are confident in and that gets the job done. Right. So I guess that's why I don't feel too bad about not being that first one to like leap onto trying new tools but yeah sometimes I do I don't know worry that I'm gonna fall behind or something if I don't learn them but that's also why I like to wait a bit and spot the trends and see okay you know this is where it's going like I'm obviously really glad I made the switch to sketch because it feels like the whole of the tech design industry also switched to sketch now they're kind of moving away to different things like Envision Studio or Figma as well but yeah like that was a good boat for me to jump on and so I like to just wait a bit and see where things are moving before I invest the time, I suppose, is my approach. I feel like it also really helps if people you know are using the tool. For example, with Webflow, 
I had heard about it for a while, didn't really know personally anyone using it, but kind of had heard that it was good, but was kind of like, well, meh, like I don't really know of anyone using it. So I didn't really bother giving it a try. And it wasn't until really that you had talked about it and tried it out and showed how you were using it. And then I saw other people using it, like Rand Seagull from Flux. He was also using it. And yeah, I started seeing it you know, catch on a little bit. And I was like, okay, like maybe this is worth giving a try now. And that's kind of what sort of kicked me to to give it a go is seeing people that I knew actually using it and enjoying the product. Totally. I So it's that social proof, right? I'm the same way. I think the only reason I tried Webflow was because of Rand's videos about it. You know, uh, I was like, oh yeah, whatever, a new tool, you can build, build code, you know, with, you know, visual interface. Like what's new? <laughs> Like, okay, it's going to be shit. Like, you know, all those things produce bad code. And then I saw Rand talking about it and, you know, talking about how good quality the code is. And I trust him, you know, like I trust his opinion. And so then I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to check this out for myself. And I originally feel like I only used it to make a video about it because I knew my audience was interested in asking about it. But I ended up really liking it. And now I just use it for myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I think it's totally that social proof. And also if someone else can walk you through it or you have kind of like not an expert on hand but someone close by that's familiar with the tool that's also super useful like one of my colleagues at work was quite an early Figma adopter and he uses it all day every day he's I would call him a pro he he knows it really well and so it's so much easier like if I get stuck on something I can just ask him a question or pull, pull him over to my desk and that also really helps I think like having people around you that are using it and know how to use it well. Let's talk about our approach to actually learning a tool. So the brand new tool, like whether it's Webflow, Figma, whatever it is that you've learned recently, you open it up the first time blank. Do you do that as your first step or do you read a bunch about it and watch tutorials first? Or yeah, what's your approach to to learning a new tool? With Webflow, that's the one I've like most recently learned, I would say. So with Webflow, I had watched one of your videos mm-hmm. uh, where you showed uh, how you used it and you created, I think it was a landing page for something. Yeah. And so I'd seen that and that was basically it. So then I <laughs> logged in or created an account and was basically at like the canvas, so to speak, and just started clicking around like, oh, what happens if I click on this thing or drag this here. And I was just toying around. And after a while, I realized I was kind of designing my own website without like having the intention to. I was just playing and like making things. And then I slowly started basically redesigning my own site unintentionally, but I liked it. So I was like, okay, I'll make this intentional now. And I basically, yeah, just tried things on my own. But when I would get stuck or have an idea like, oh, I wonder if I could do this, but I don't know how to do it. Then I would go to their, they have like a really good sort of university, I guess they call it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's like a video tutorials and things like that. So I would go there and search things. I'd also look in online forums. I also, if I got really stuck and couldn't find my answer, would tweet the Webflow team, which by the way, they're so responsive. They're really great. I know. It's It's very (laughs) sweet. Um, And so, yeah, that was kind of what I did. I just would try it on my own and then try and find the answer online if I couldn't. And then if I still couldn't, would ask someone that I knew that had experience in the tool. And yeah, it was pretty ad hoc. It wasn't like I sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to watch all of the getting started tutorials and then jump into it. It was more of like, let's just learn as I go sort of approach. 
So with Webflow, because they have their great university, you know, videos, I did watch, I think the first five, like intro, whatever, getting started videos before I started using the tool. Mm -hmm. And because that was easily available, they were short videos, easy to understand. And I felt like when I then opened it up, I knew, okay, I have to put a container and I have to put a div, you know, whatever. I've sort of felt like I had a better understanding of the approach. But with most tools, uh, they don't have a such good, you know, training and documentation as that. So I tend to just open them up and click around. And I want to read out something that one of our community members said, because it sounds very similar to me when I read it. I was like, yep, I do that. Uh, so this is from Brian. And Brian says, I just jump in and use it. I rarely follow a tutorial and usually just look it up and help if I can't figure out how to do something. But honestly, I can be turned off a tool relatively quickly if I don't like something. If something bothers me immediately, it's a bad sign to me and I end up moving back to one of the tools I already use. This is something that I do. As soon as I hit something that's really frustrating or like I don't understand it, it's not immediately obvious. I do a quick Google and maybe like the only tutorial explaining how to do it is like, you know, several scroll pages long. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Okay, I'm just going to use the thing I already know how to use because it seems easier, right? Mm -hmm. So that's definitely me. That's what happened to me with Adobe XD, which... Every day, I swear, I get comments on my YouTube channel of people being like, what do you think of Adobe XD? When are you going to like compare it to Sketch? And I'm like, oh, that means I have to use it though. And learn it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> One day I will, maybe. Although, you know, like I said, I think Figma versus Sketch might be more the thing I'm moving towards. But yeah, I, I opened that up and I clicked around and I was like, I don't understand. What am I doing? And, you know, there wasn't like a clear, friendly, hey, how about you do this to get started, you know? Uh, and so I dropped it and I haven't gone back to it since. So yeah. basically I'm very fickle and have no patience is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm kind of similar like when I'm trying a new tool and if there's something that is immediately just not how I would like it to be or, you know, it's something that they do it completely different from how you're familiar with doing it or it's really frustrating or there's like a particular bug that just bothers you, uh, then I can pretty easily be turned off. I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't think of one right now, but I'm pretty sure it's happened to me where, you know, everything's going good and then all of a sudden the tool doesn't support X or it does X in a different way and it can be really frustrating because you have to relearn, right? And then sometimes it's not always worth the effort to you to relearn or change your behavior to how they, they think it should be done. Yeah, totally. Because I'm like, no, this is my workflow. You should fit into this, not yeah. me adapt to fit into you. <laughs> ah, if only it worked that way. <laughs> right. I, can I just read out something that another one of our community members said? Yeah, yeah. I also relate to this. This is from Casey. And Casey says, once I decide I want to learn new tool or software, I usually just jump right into it with a project, either personal or professional, and learn along the way with short tutorials and Google searches. I found that it is more difficult to remember how to use the tool when I do a tutorial that has a really specific end result rather than just problem solving throughout my own process, if that makes sense. And yes, that does make sense. So this, I think, is one of the main reasons why me and Adobe XD didn't get along is because I was just, like I said, clicking around. I didn't have a specific thing. You know, I wasn't being like, okay, I've got a new project. I'm going to use Adobe XD for it. So yeah, of course, that was never going to turn out great because... I, I didn't have something in mind that I was doing. I was just kind of, you know, wandering around in there. So, of course, I got lost and, and didn't enjoy it. 
so I need to have a new project, I think, when, when I need to build something, uh, you know, try a new tool. And that's why I said build because I was about to go into my next sentence. <laughs> that's why I think I got on with Webflow is because when I first used it, it was for the specific purpose of building a landing page for my pricing course. And so I had a thing to achieve and, you know, I, I knew I just wanted to learn the things that I needed to add to make this page, you know, add a form, add some text add embed a video and that that was my web page you know mm -hmm. so having a specific project is i think is essential to learning a new tool yeah this this is not tool related but it reminds me of when i was learning to code yes and i feel like i had this exact problem because i was following along tutorial classes on treehouse and they would give you these you know really specific examples that you had to follow along and make this button for example and I think the, the reason that it didn't like sink in as much as I was hoping it to is because I didn't have a personal project to accompany it. Like I was learning very specifically how to create this specific button that the tutorial told me to make, but I didn't then really learn or know how to apply that myself to my own projects. So I think that's something that I, I sort of missed. And if I want to pick up learning to code again, which I'm considering, I think in order for it to be a success for me, I really need to have my own personal project where I can implement what I'm learning on the side so that I can sort of problem solve my way through it and help it stick a little bit more. I think so too. I think that that's the best way to learn. I mean, I'm saying that because that's the way I best learn. Right. Doing an actual thing and having an actual thing you need to achieve is the best way to learn anything, whether it's a new tool or it's, yeah, coding. I think you should do that for sure. Uh, I think I remember saying that to you when you were, you know, yep. saying you were going through Treehouse. I was like, when are you going to start coding your own website? Yep, you did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to say I told you so, you know. Yeah, no, you, you totally did. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I know it now That's that for sure if I'm going to do that again and need to have a personal project because otherwise it, it doesn't sink in as much, right? Like you're just learning what they're specifically teaching you. But then being able to actually implement those learnings is a whole nother thing. And that's what I didn't mm. learn. I didn't learn how to implement it myself. So yeah, next time I am going to be more intentional with it. I'm thinking right now that I'm about to start today the design phase of our new homepage mm -hmm. at ConvertKit. Oh, that's an exciting project. And I've already done the wireframes, like, you know, done my process of on my iPad and then made, you know, gray box wireframes in sketch maybe i should be starting the visual design phase in figma and that will be like how i use the program i think so i think i should do it shouldn't i have you actually done a project in figma before no or you've only just played in it i have not even done that oh. i have opened other people's files like i've opened bruno's when he's shared them and i've you know seen his <laughs> okay you should totally this is your chance to be intentional I think and right if you yeah. want to give the tool a good try then you should this is a perfect opportunity right you've got a new project starting open figma instead of sketch for once and see see what happens yeah I think I should it's just that you know again that barrier I'm like oh but it's gonna take longer you know <laughs> no but it'll be fun learning new things is fun <laughs> I know oh, okay yeah I should do it you should <laughs> One last thing that I want to ask you is, do you intentionally set aside time to learn new tools? Because 
I know that some people do. Uh, some people purposefully set aside time in their day or make it a focus now and then to kind of learn new tools as a way to keep up with what's happening, but also I think to improve their own skill set. So is this something that you do or is it just more like random when you feel this need or this urge to try something? It is definitely random and I don't feel the urge very often. I feel more like I'm forced into it (laughs) or either from fear of being left behind or just, you know, because someone else is using it and I need to share the assets. Yeah, I'm not very good at making time to learn new things. And I think this is something that I need to incorporate. I don't know if into my week is uh, like realistic. I just don't think that would happen. But maybe into my month, there's like one morning a week where instead of working on my side projects, I spend time learning whatever the thing is that I feel I need to be learning at that moment. Because I think if I don't make time for learning, there's just always going to be excuses to not fit it in, you know, but there's yeah, so much I need to learn, like not just tools, I would say, but other things as well. Like right now, I really want to better understand site speed and how to improve that. So that's a lot of research and learning that I need to do. And yeah, there's just time's never going to appear out of nowhere. You know, you've got to make it. Yeah, totally. What about you? What's your approach to this? Well, currently I don't set aside any time for learning new tools or I'd say skills as well, even though I know this is a tools focus episode. Um, but it's something that I want to do, actually. I I feel like it's in my best interest, I think, as, as a designer and especially as a product designer, that it's it's worth the effort, I think, and it's worth the time to at least try these new tools and see if there's a way to improve my workflow. Uh, I think the difficult thing, though, is that if I do find something that works well, it's getting it adopted throughout other people on my team or or getting the engineers on board to use it and things like that. So that's, I think, for me, more where the challenge lies as opposed to actually learning it. But yeah, I do want to start setting aside more intentional time to embrace new tools in my workflow. Good. Well, we should both do that then. Yeah, we? yeah, we should. Let's not just be the people who talk about it and don't ever do it. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. I have actually a podcast review that I'd like to read out, if you don't mind. Yay. I definitely do mind. <laughs> we have some lovely reviews. Uh, this one is by Knowledge from the United States, spelt with the number three instead of the letter E. Thank you for that specificity. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. And they say, I found this podcast a few years ago and I haven't stopped listening since. There's something to be said about how open and honest Femke and Charlie are about sharing their struggles and success as designers. This is a counter-cultural move in a world where we only see and hear about the finished product or design. The general public don't get to hear about all the failed attempts, the countless hours spent on projects, and then how you have to kill it in its infancy phase because the artist felt like it wasn't good enough. It's great to hear how open and honest they are about the emotional roller coaster that some designers and artists go through. Keep it up. I love that. That yes. is amazing. And also what struck me throughout that review when they said they've been listening for a few years, I was like, whoa, we've been doing our podcast for a few years. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. It doesn't feel like that long. Totally. Thank you for, for that review knowledge, whoever you are in the real world. <laughs> we really appreciate that. That's Yeah, thank you for taking the time. If any of you listening have not yet left a review for the podcast, we really appreciate you heading over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever the heck it's called, <laughs> and leaving us a five-star review and telling 
other people why you think they should subscribe to it. That would mean a lot to us. Totally. And if you love this podcast even more, then you might want to consider joining the community. And we have some awesome community members that are chatting every day about their struggles, getting advice, giving each other feedback. And you can join that by going to designlife.fm slash community. Love to see you in there. And if you just want to share your thoughts about us in general, you can do that on Twitter. We are at designlife.fm over there. And we'd love to hear what your approach is to learning new tools and which one are you excited about learning. Is it Figma? Is it Workflow? Is it something else in particular? Let us know. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for a good episode, Charlie. Yeah, good to chat. See you next time. Bye. Bye.